Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That hand clap was for me. Now let's give one for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords this morning. Hallelujah. Lord, are we getting, are we coming in or not? Yes, we're good. All right. Praise God. Amen. Well, it's good to be back uh, home. Uh, we didn't leave for too long this time. Uh, Panama says their love. Uh, Pastor Jose and his wife, Adelaida, they, they send their love to the uh, Harvest Renewal family. And great things are happening out there. Let me just give you a couple of testimonies from Panama. We were there, uh, what was it, last year? And the grounds where, the, uh, where, where they had been given, by the way, they got all the papers, they've been given this piece of land, a huge piece of land. And um, the grounds there were all filled with trees. They didn't know how they were going to excavate this thing, but they had the house there and the, the, the men's home was there for the rehabilitation center. And so um, out of the blue, one of the... Uh, one of the people, uh, I guess, who were running for office had, to, had offered an excavator to come in and just clear out the whole thing for them. Um, because right next door, they're building houses. About 3,000 houses are being built. So right next door to their property where they're going to build the church is where they're building 3,000 houses. This is God in operation, and this is what seed does, and this is what happens when you work into the kingdom. So give God the glory for that this morning. Amen. Amen. Another, other things that happened there, there's so many testimonies. Uh, we had uh, two outside services, one outside service. Uh, some, we had many people come to Christ there was a lot of breakthrough, deliverance, healings, great things that happened. But there was this one outside service where we went to, and it just seemed like the church people were just sitting there. We were all just having this moment. And it wasn't Pastor Jose's church. It was another church. They were good friends. And we decided to go out there and, and help them in this uh, outside service. So during the time, God tells me and says that there has to be a release in the atmosphere, so um, I, I begin to preach Jesus, but then I said, no one is hearing me because there's not a release in the atmosphere. So I had the church stand up. We released the atmosphere. Then I preached. As soon as I closed, no, I mean, there's no, there's no noticeable person that knows Jesus or that wants Jesus there. Everyone else knows Jesus. So I didn't make an altar call. I just called for people to get healed. And uh, as soon as we closed, this man comes out of nowhere. And he's like, um, I want to repent. I'm like, from what? And he was like, well, um, I made a pact with a witch. And just a little while ago, I, I had a conviction in my heart. I took all of the altar stuff, all of the stuff she gave me, threw it out in my front yard, and I came walking over here. Now, at this point, I'm just like, what? He doesn't even live next to the park, but yet he had that conviction. So it's, like, it's so powerful when the church gets up and releases the atmospheres. Because, see, even the demonic realm understood that that atmosphere was released for salvation, for liberation, for God's glory. Amen? Hallelujah. Give God a strong hand clap for that. 
and he received Jesus. Praise God. He received Jesus into his heart. He, he, he then decided, I told him, here's the pastor right here. He, he said, I'm going to be going to church. So um, they, they got together, and, and it was just powerful how God had released a person in such a time that they needed it. And it was just amazing what God is doing with Pastor Jose and their church out there. They have grown exponentially, outgrown the facility where they're at, and um, they're, they're just excited about what God is going to do. Let me give you another testimony. They had equipment, but it wasn't up to par. So um, they're just, you know, praying for God to give them the, the finances as they begin to. Everything is very expensive when it comes to electronics and everything. So this man walks in to the building one Sunday, and he sits there, listens to the message. Everything's done. After he was said and done, he, he looks at Pastor Jose. He says, the Lord told me to bring you all of this equipment. So he looks. Now, this man had a production company, so he had all of this uh, uh, brand new speakers and these concert series stuff. He had all of these cameras, the camera system to do. I mean, they, uh, he went all out, thousands and thousands of dollars worth of equipment. He leaves there and says the Lord told him to bring it there. That's the power of favor. Amen? Amen. So th those are just some of the testimonies that are coming out of uh, our Harvest Renewal Global Network uh, churches out there in Panama. It is amazing what God is doing with Harvest Renewal Global Network, and we cannot even begin to fathom what God is going to do in the next year. Amen? Amen. We do have uh, an announcement. We are, well, here's what happened. Yeah, you do. No, Pastor, this is called surprise. <laughs> so, uh, Ryan Bastris and I had set up a, a great uh, meeting to go out to, um, to go out to, actually, to South Africa. And so, we had uh, organized everything with these uh, people, and then um, these, the elections are happening. I don't know if you know this. But all around the world, basically, there's elections happening in other places. And so this, this whole xenophobia thing started again. And it started right in the heart of where we were going to go land. So because of this, many of the pastors from other parts of Africa were denied visas. They were saying, no, we're going to, we're going to have to push your visa up. So therefore, they canceled the whole thing. So I was like, oh, man. You know, and then Ryan's like, I just bought the ticket. And I'm like, oh, God, this is terrible. So we, we ended up calling Mexico. So I get into prayer, and the Lord says, call Mexico. So I called Mexico, and um, uh, uh, Brother uh, Mark and Brother Venancio Chacho, we call them. They answer the phone. They're like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, uh, me and Ryan, we just like, like got dropped out of South Africa. Maybe God wants us to go to Mexico. They were like, yes, that's what God wants. And so they were like, come on down, you know. And so we were like, oh, okay. God just shifted us from all the way from South Africa to Mexico. <laughs> so they said, well, we're going to head out to Veracruz and then we'll be back. And then they called me and said, Veracruz changed the dates. They want you guys to come out with us so like that you guys can plant the seed in Veracruz, Ciudad Victoria, uh, Monterrey, and then come all the way back to Matamoros. So I said, whoa, 
We're going to be busy. They say, yes, sir, you're going to be busy. So give God the glory. We will be, uh, me and Ryan Bastris, for the first time, we'll be landing in Mexico April 30th. Amen. And we'll be over there just bringing the word of God. Amen. So those are some of the things that God is doing, and uh, we're excited about the network, what God is doing for the network, and what is God doing through the network. And so we're ready for this, man. I tell you, we are ready for everything that God is doing. Amen. Are you ready for the word? Amen. So I have about 40 minutes, give or take. (laughs) Amen. I have about 40 minutes, give or take. Let's get that scripture up. We're going to be reading from Mark 16. Mark 16. Now, let me tell you about this message. Uh, It's been sitting in one of my books, uh, one of my journals that I have. Uh, When I first uh, began preaching, I was a young guy. So uh, (laughs) I was young, younger than I am now, a lot skinnier, a lot uh, handsomer, I guess. And uh, uh, <laughs> he said, no, <laughs> I don't know about that. Look, my wife was like, no, I made you handsome. No, <laughs> it's the truth. I only became handsome after I married her. She made me look good. I had to look good. I had to get myself, you know, you know, looking good. Uh, but, um, during this time, I was a young, young minister, and I had gone out with this evangelist. And I'll give you the story, the background of this. Um, and um, we were sitting, uh, we, he said, come with me, I got to go preach. I said, sure. So I followed this guy, and I was so hungry for the Lord, and I was so hungry, you know, to see God do something. I, I don't know if you know this, but in the beginning of ministry, it, it is all about, it's all about serving, and, and this, is, this is something that God teaches you how to do all through ministry. He humbles you to serve others. It's not about you trying to come forward, get your name out there, and get all these followers. No, it's all about serving. So I, I was basically his armor bearer. An armor bearer back then means that you carried a big, heavy briefcase with cassettes and another briefcase with books, Right? That was basically the armor bearer. I mean, they were heavy, man. I mean, the cassettes were like this big, and you like set up the table, make sure you know. So th- th- this is what I was for this guy, you know. And so he, he used to play music, and he had all of this material and all this stuff. And, and um, so I carried this for him all the way to this church, little church in Pennsylvania. I don't even know where we were at. Um, and then he was just like, uh, yeah, so let's pray. So we, we begin to pray, and as we're praying, I see the church filling up. And I mean, I, enough for nothing. I saw nothing but white hair. Not against, not against white hair. That's wisdom. That's understanding. Amen. I, I saw nothing but white hair. I said, oh, God, where did he bring me? And, I, and, then, and then I said, now I said, you know what? Maybe God has something, you know, he's going to do here. And while I'm praying, he taps me on my shoulder. He says, um, the Lord tells me you're going to preach tonight. I said, what? Where? Who? So I've never preached in my life. The first time, the only thing I was doing at that time was ministering on the streets, bringing the gospel to people who didn't know Christ, and um, it was a very simple message. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever believeth him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And if you believe in him, I didn't come to condemn the world, I came to save the world. So this was my message everywhere I went. So when he taps me on my shoulder and said, I'm going to be preaching to a bunch of elders <laughs> who probably know the word 
inside out, backwards and frontwards. I said, oh no, God is not talking to you. I want to talk to this Holy Spirit you're talking to because he's not talking to me and I don't know what you're saying. He said, no, 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 you're going to preach. So, and then by the way, it was all in Spanish and I was just learning Spanish. So I was just like, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> God, so I, I just obeyed and I got on my knees and I said, God, Give me a message. And um, I, God gave me Mark 16, verse 1, onwards. And I got up there, and for 15 minutes, I blared, I don't know what, but it came out my mouth. And I was like, it was all Holy Spirit. I, I, I guarantee there were some angels holding my mouth like this most of the time. Because I had, no, I had no message, but God literally used me. And next thing I know, the whole pulpit was filled. And even the pastor was crying. And um, I had no idea what I preached. And he came, he, only him had a little tape recorder <laughs> that he used to walk around with. And he said, hey, you want to hear your preaching? Like, no, I really don't. <laughs> God covered me the whole time I was there. I'm pretty sure, you know, I messed up big time. And he played it for me, and I had no idea who was preaching. What I'm saying is here today, it's not the power that you think you have. It's the power that works within you that he has and that he uses through you. This is not about us. This is about obeying him and being a part of what he's doing and what he has done already. So, let's read this. Mark 16. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, purchased sweet-smelling spices so that they might go and anoint him. Very early on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen, and they were saying to one another, Who will roll back the stone for us? From the entrance of the tomb. Who will roll back the stone for us? So today I'm preaching under the title. Who will remove the stone for us? Amen. Amen. Now I want us to look at this whole dynamic here. Jesus was just crucified. Brutally. He was put on a cross. He died. Literally. They took down his body. Joseph of Aramaeus said, I'll lend him my tomb. And he lends him a tomb. And at the same time, if you read the scriptures well, in John 19, you see that also Nicodemus, one of the Pharisees, also had given him spices and aromas so he can, uh, the way they would do this, the Jewish custom was that that was part of the embalming for the dead body. So spices and aromas and all of this, they would wrap the dead body in this just so the dead body wouldn't stink as much after the third day, after the fourth day. How many know the story of Lazarus? Pastor was talking about it. It was the same type of instance. So after the fourth day, <laughs> no matter how much aroma you put in there, things are going to stink. There's the decaying process. There's all of these things that happen. So during this time, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and this woman named Salome decided, we're going to go on a little trip. And we're going to go buy some spices and some aromas and some anointing. And we're going to go anoint Jesus' body. 
Now, mind you, I just want to give some real, real, what I say, props to women, is that all the men are hiding in the house. Let me remind you where the men were. They were in the house, hiding for their lives, thinking that if they even get close to the tomb, they would be killed or arrested. Meanwhile, Mary Magdalene and her crazy self, and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, decided to take a weekend trip to the tomb. <laughs> Which goes to show you that uh, sometimes uh, there, there is an anointing, I believe, in women. There's a power, there's an anointing in women for this season, for this time, that they are not afraid of walking out, speaking, and moving into that next dimension of anointing. And they will walk into it without even thinking. Come on, women, give yourselves a hand clap. <laughs> Meanwhile, the disciples are sitting over there scared. Or say, like down south, scared. Right? So, because it was custom and all of this, so they, they, they go, they buy these spices, they go this stuff. Some theologians believe that the spices, some of them were already prepared and ready. Um, they believe that Mary uh, uh, was also the one that anointed Jesus' feet. And he said, this is for my burial. And therefore, that, that was also part of the anointing spices that were going. We don't know. But we do know that there was, there, there was something going on here. On their way over there, they're like, we're going to anoint Jesus. We're going to take his body. We're gonna, I mean, they're, they're planning this whole thing on the way over. And then someone stops in the middle of the road and says, hold on. Who's going to move the stone that's <laughs> in front of the tomb? That thing is huge. That stone is great. It's a huge stone. How many know what a tomb looks like? If you look at the stone, it would require three or four men to push that stone from one place to another, and maybe even five to push the stone from one place to another. So on the way over, they had this epiphany. <laughs> oh, wow. There's a stone in the middle of this of this thing we want to do there's something there and they said who will remove it now it didn't stop their progress they just had a question and the question did not stop their faith from moving forward it didn't stop what they were doing what i believe today is that some of us as christians in christianity we begin to question who's going to remove the stone i don't know what your stone is today this morning i don't know if that stone is sickness i don't know if that stone is something in your life bitterness unforgiveness things that are happening around you maybe you're not getting along with someone in the church and you're saying but uh, i don't know if i want to go back i don't know if i want to do this because there's a stone in the middle of your anointed praise and worship and now because you see that there's a stone instead of moving forward you stop and you question who will remove the stone i want you to look at your neighbor and say who will remove the stone who's going to move it who's going to move it 
Who's going to move it? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I have a lot of questions right now because uh, 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 I have issues. I have, I have issues. I have things going on in my life, and I don't even think the doctor can move this thing. I don't know if this is going to be moved. We have prayed. We have, uh, we have travailed. We have soaked. We have done everything that we can, but the stone is still a stone. It's still there, but I'm here to announce to you this morning, do not worry about the stone because even though the stone was there and it was heavy God already took care of it God already took care of it a matter of fact it took one angelic visitation it wasn't a group of angels it wasn't a big group of men it wasn't anything it was one angel who showed up to the stone and moved it because anytime there's resurrection stones must be removed things must be removed out of your life before there's a resurrection as soon as we get caught up on the stone we miss the whole point now, here, here's, what God, here's what God brought to my mind. You know that we were dead in sin when we first came to Christ. We try to cover our stench with things, <laughs> you know, religious stuff, <laughs> you know, come to church every Easter, <laughs> stamp our card. Jesus, we did it. I'm Christian. But yet, as much as we try to cover ourselves with those things, it doesn't work. It is only the resurrection power and the blood of Jesus that covers us. These women were so focused on anointing. But can I tell you where they failed? They failed because they thought they were going to see a dead body. You see... No one had taken to mind what Jesus said when he talked to them about his identity. He asked them, who do men say that I am? And some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Isaiah, some say you're this. And then he asked and said, who do you say that I am? And that's when Peter came forth and said, you're Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, the Messiah. And at that very moment, Jesus had told them and said, I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to die. And the third day, I will rise again. But yet, they're in the house, shaking in their bones, and women are going to look for a dead body. You know, I fear, and I'm going to speak prophetically now, I fear that some of us in the church today are looking at the church as a dead body. And we're looking for so many ways to try to anoint the church and bring the church to its place and cover the church with all of these, these different traditions and cultures and different things and, and trying to bring about our own anointing and our own spices and our own aromas. And you know what? Guess what? I got an announcement for you. Once we remove the stone, the church ain't dead. I'm going to announce like Jesus announced and said, the church is just sleeping. And if you stop, if we stop for a second and say, you know what? It's not dead. It's actually just sleeping. And the church is just sleeping. She is ready for an awakening. She's ready for a power. She's ready for an anointing. And I believe that in these last days, there are many people leaving churches. And I call them church hoppers. They hop from church to church seeking for 
a risen body. They're seeking for a risen body. And many of them just go anointing a dead body without the power and the, the, the knowledge of knowing that the body is risen. The body is risen. The problems in life are represented by this stone. We tend to shift our focus sometimes from the body to the stone, to the issues at hand. We come to serve, but now we're focused on the issues. Our first intention is to service and serve the body. But then, I don't know, the stone, it becomes the first news that we see. Well, I like Harvest Renewal Church, but... Yeah, I like the worship, but... And then we, we, we start putting stones in our own place instead of for us saying, you know what? <laughs> there has to be an anointing here. And I came to bring forth a service. I came to be a part of this. You see, if it wasn't for them getting to the tomb, there would never be an announcement. I'm telling you that sometimes we're called into really dark places in order for us to give a good announcement. God is calling his people to come out of a place of just sitting and just saying, you know what, maybe, yeah, this, that, and just say, you know what, we serve a resurrected king. We are resurrected. The same power that resurrected Jesus from the dead is the same power that dwells in us as the body of Christ. Listen. Now, Matthew 28, verse 2 through 8. Let's look at what happened. What moved the stone? Okay, Matthew 28, verse 2 through 8. We could use the New King James Version for that one. It says, and behold, a great earthquake occurred. Say with me, earthquake. God is shaking up things. I'm announcing in the United States of America, God is shaking up things. I announced all the way in Panama, all the way to Guatemala. They're all having elections. And I said, God will raise up leaders who will unite with Israel. Mark my words, there will be leaders rising up. There will be others that will rise up against it, but God will tear them down. And I'm going to tell you why God is doing this. It's because he's making an announcement that his bride, his people, and his, 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 his body is coming to alignment. Anytime you see something happening in Israel, it's because God is lining up the body. You see, God is announcing through Israel and to everything that's going on, even the announcement of Jerusalem being the capital, even the announcement of everything that is moving right now. And then, you know, as the president was asking some of the leaders, how do we bring about peace? I guess, and I would be one of the leaders that would theologically said, there's no peace until Jesus puts his feet on Mount Olive. And until that time comes, we must stand and announce that Jesus Christ is Lord. You see, there's an announcement going on in the spiritual realm and all of us must understand that Jesus is resurrected and his body is about to see the fullness of all he is inside of his body right here on earth are you ready for that so God is shaking things up he's shaking your philosophy he's shaking your ideology anything you thought was true now you're like whoa i didn't i didn't look at it that way now it's all different now you see god is shaking you up because now there's an awakening happening the spirit of god is opening your eyes scales are falling off and people are beginning to see who jesus really is 
I'll announce to you that there are Muslims right now, even those that are part of the terrorist networks who are having dreams and visions and announcements of Jesus Christ as Lord. They're coming to the power and the reality. Amen. They're coming to the power and reality. Not for nothing, but the Western church, we're a little behind because we're sitting there thinking we have all the answers because philosophically we are all correct and we have everything down. We have every teacher in the world. We have the most prominent people teaching and preaching the gospel. And we've even come to the place of pride where we think that we know everything while the power and the simplicity of the power and the Holy Ghost and resurrection power of God is shaking up the Middle East. Today, in Sri Lanka, churches exploded as 207 worshipers who were coming to church had lost their lives because they came to church to worship the risen king. And some might add and dictate and say, why would God allow such a thing? Why would it be such a thing? I believe that we're in the, com- we're in the comfort zone and we're, we're deciding to have these philosophical arguments and this denominational arguments and we're, we're getting back and we're trying to cover up the dead body with the aromas and with all of this stuff and actually God is saying, I want you to resurrect. I want you to have power and I want you to be like these women and have no fear. No fear. It said, and then a great earthquake occurred for coming down from heaven and coming up and coming up. Coming down and coming up. <laughs> Ascending and descending. That means that there are angelic forces right here on earth right now. I know this is going to step on some of your theological toes this morning, but it's okay. There are angels here on earth right now, whose assignment is to be ready for an awakening. There are angelic forces whose assignment is waiting for the body of Christ to come into its own identity. There are angels on assignment waiting for the sons to be manifested. (laughs) And for us to gather up and say, you know what? Let's put aside our denominational differences and let's stand on Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that there's a shaking happening in the United States of America where everyone will put aside all of their differences and begin to come across as the body of Christ. God is anointing us right now to have no fear how many can say with me fearless so the angel of the lord rolled back the stone from the door it was just one angel say with me one angel every problem that you think you have it just requires one angel to move it out the way every issue that you think is going on in the church today it just requires one angel to push it out the way If you can believe God for his glory and his power, when he said pray, he said pray this way. He said, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. And I'm pretty sure that this whole anointing, this whole time, Jesus first had to decree and declare that he was going to resurrect on the third day. Because your prophetic Utterance has to be first announced on the earth realm. In order for the spiritual realm to release that, 
there must be an announcement of what already is announced in the spiritual realm on the earth realm. Are you hearing me? So this is the reason why when we announce that we are healed by the stripes of Jesus, we're announcing it here even though it's already done here. The announcement releases the power and the supernatural glory for you to see it manifest here. The declaration of such a thing. So when Jesus said, on the third day, I will rise again, he literally released something into the atmosphere that the angel said, we're waiting for the third day. I'm waiting for the third day. I'm waiting for the third day. I'm waiting. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of the- theologians that believe the third day is when Jesus comes back and all of this stuff. I'm going to announce that the third day, and this is my perspective, is when the church awakens. It's when the church is in power and glory. It's, it's going to be greater than the book of Acts. When we walk out, people will say, and they say, the fear of the Lord came upon the city. The reverence and the power of God had so shook up the city that people said, whoa, hold on. Who are these people? What are their names? Where do they come from? And you see, the keepers of the, of the tomb became like dead men. They became like dead men. Now, listen to this. Why do we continue looking for a dead body? Question. Why do we continue seeking out the things that plague the church? I I think some of us are even, uh, I would go as deep as to say, there's some people I've seen on Facebook And I think that they're just anointed to investigate who is who. (laughs) And they're not even trying to see if you're anointed or not. They're just trying to see where you fail. And And so their whole agenda is part of the satanic agenda, the accuser of the brethren. They're just trying to figure out where you're failing at so they can go ahead and accuse you of that thing. So you have, you have this, the, the, the satanic realm is waiting for you to fail. They're like, yeah. Look at Brother Kai. Look at him sitting over there with that mustache. <laughs> right? You have people that are just seeking the dead body. <laughs> They're not even looking for the resurrection life. They're seeking dead stuff. You got people that come to church seeking dead stuff. I just want to be touched. I I just want to see what God does. I just want to see if Pastor Doug is really a prophet. Hmm. I want to see if if Sister Nicole really says, you know, if everything she says is up to par with the Lord. They're coming to seek things that are dead. Because, listen... Every word that comes out of her mouth will come into your life and it will only be manifested if you receive it. Are you listening? It will only be manifested. See, I want you to understand the prophetic. It will only be manifested if you receive it, believe it, and begin to walk in it. Or you become like the children of Israel, unbelievers. What are you doing? Sitting in the desert going, well, if we can cross over to the Jordan... Right? Hey, Moses. Yeah. 
What you say about us crossing the Jordan? Well, we can do it, and God said we already can do it, but you guys don't want to do it. No, I think it's too much right now. So you're saying God is a liar, that he cannot come forth with his word. See, it's about you moving into it. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, he moved into his next level. He allowed, he said, if you will, move this cup for me, but not my will, but thy will be done. So at that very moment, he agreed with God with the declaration that was already put in place. And he said, you know what? It's going to manifest because as soon as you agree with God, things begin to manifest. Come on now, you, yeah, you're clapping better than <laughs> I'm preaching this morning. I'm preaching better than you're clapping, sorry. forget the announcement I will rise again I will rise things are bad in America no they're not things are bad in upper Nigeria they're real bad (laughs) northern Nigeria is real bad you know you got to go to church like this (laughs) things are bad in China right now things are bad in America things are listen We are so free right now. We're so free. We we ought to be flying. Think about that one. We ought to be walking through walls. That's how free we are. We ought to be like Jesus, just just disappearing anywhere, walking on water. No, serious. This is not, what I'm trying to tell you here is not just to to bring up a a, a point here, but it's also to let you know the power and the anointing that resides within us is being stagnant because we're so caught up on the stone. And so caught up on the dead body. And not knowing that the stone is already removed and the body's not there. Why do you seek the living amongst the dead? Why are we looking for things outside of the gospel in order to fulfill us? And we're trying to fill our needs with things that have nothing to do with God, nothing to do with the Bible, nothing to do with his presence, nothing to do with Holy Spirit. And yet we're trying to seek out these things. But yet Holy Spirit is right here saying, hey, dude, if you just come in me and you receive it, believe it, watch what happens. I got some serious stuff for you. All you got to do is just release. Get all of these arguments and ideologies out of your head. Well, I know better. Well, things are, you know, my my professor telling you. Forget your professor. Forget that. Forget all this stuff. Let God be the one who teaches you. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. The Bible says that the anointing shall teach you all things that you have no man to teach you of anything. And it's not about man itself. It's about the anointing. There are anointed people who can teach you. People who have an anointing who can shake you up and actually lead you the right way. Here's another question. Are we seeking discipleship? We talk about there's no discipleship here. Have you sought discipleship? When was the last time you turned on Right Now Media and said, I'm going to watch something to fill my spirit? Have you sought it out yourself? 
I saw a man of God one time, and I was in Nigeria, and this man of God, actually, he was on one of the transformation videos. His name is uh, Bishop Peter Oyet. Now he's Dr. Peter Oyet because he just got his doctor's degree. And he said, he, he, said, he said some amazing things. He was standing there, and he began to call people out. He said, you. And he said, their name. Then he said, their address. Then he said, their phone number. And I was like, whoa. He had, never, he had never met these people in his life. And he was calling out names, addresses in Nigeria. Do you know how to even, do you know how to even pronounce a Nigerian name? <laughs> I, I'm, going, I'm going to lay this down really quick. And it has nothing. I love Nigeria. I'll be there in November. But do you even know how to pronounce one of their names? I'll just give you some examples. Hibibute, Fefemi, whatever. And he was pronouncing it. And he's from Uganda, which is a whole different culture. Okay? And then he would name and then call out phone numbers. So I looked at him. I said, uh, how do you do that? <laughs> but you know what? This past uh, uh, weekend, he texted me. He said, he said, I want you to come spend some time with me in Uganda he said, because I, 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 I sought out discipleship for that anointing. Because, because I sought out discipleship because I saw that he had something that he was tapping into that I could tap into. Not because I want what he has. It's because I have it in me. I just don't know how to tap into it. So I need to get to somebody who knows how to tap into it. You, do you understand me? So I'm seeking out the tapping in. And so we're, we're, we're too busy trying to figure out if everybody's messed up and whether or not this. I don't like Pastor Manuel. He's too rough for my liking. That's okay. Pastor Doug is here. <laughs> Let's end with this. John 11, verse 23. John eleven twenty three. 23. New King James Version. And Jesus said to her, your brother shall rise again. All right. Now I'm going to talk a little bit about what our responsibility is as the church. First and foremost, as the church, we are the body of Christ. Second of all, we are the resurrected body of Christ. We are the resurrected body of Christ. So, there's a power, there's an anointing within the body itself. Amen? But Martha said to him, he said, yeah, I know he'll raise up one day on the resurrection at the last day, which is the Jewish custom that they were teaching that at the last day, and of course we teach it too in the book of Revelation, there is a last day where there's a, re there's a resurrection, right? So we, we all know these scriptures, and she's just, she's just recanting the scriptures. She's just recanting the aroma she knows, the spice that she has received. She knows no better. No, Jesus said to her, hey, look, listen, I'm going to make an announcement to you, and it's happening right now. I am the resurrection and the life. Are we the body of Christ? 
then guess what? We're the resurrection in life. I, that, I know that was going to fall the wrong way in some of you. Like, mm, mm, huh? Yes. We announce that we are the resurrection and the life. And we point people to Jesus to believe in him that though they may die, they shall live. And then Jesus announces and said, whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. <laughs> I know that must have taken her aback. We're like, huh? Immortal? No. Do you believe this? That was the question that Jesus had. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? The only thing that she can say in verse 27 was, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I have believed that. She put it in past tense. She didn't even say, I believe it right now. She says, I have believed it. It's done. It's a done deal. You see, Jesus needed to agree with somebody about what was just about to happen. Do you believe that I'm the resurrection in life? Do you have sense of what's about to happen? Yes, I believe that. Then she went and called her sister. And as soon as her sister heard, the Bible says she arose quickly and came to him. I fear that God is calling the church, the body of Christ, but we're laying down and not arising quickly. Arise quickly. As soon as God calls us into action, we ought to get up and rise quickly. I like to watch a lot of army stuff, and I love that when the, the <laughs> you know, Whenever the gunnery sergeant walks into the room, everyone gets up quick. No matter in what position they are, they get up to salute. They're up. They're ready. They're, they're, they're getting themselves in a position. And this is what I believe that the body of Christ right now, God is calling us to arise quickly. And then Mary rose up hastily and went out and followed her. Listen to this. Mary fell down at his feet and said, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would have never died. Jesus saw her weeping and he wept with her. It is okay to be compassionate with people. It is okay to share in the weeping of other people. It is okay to be compassionate with people's problems. And Jesus wept. And then the Jews said, wow, he really loved him. Really, in actuality, Jesus was not weeping because of death. He was weeping because Mary was weeping. He was weeping because he felt her pain. He was weeping because he was sharing the pain with her. But he already knew what was going to happen. So there was not a weeping for death. It was a weeping for her and to be in agreement with her. But at the very moment in time, in verse 39, they say, take away. What does he say? Verse 39, verse 39 of uh, chapter 11 of John. What do you say? What did he say? Let's say it again. It is our responsibility to take away the stone. It is our responsibility to take away the stone. Even if we send angels to do it, but it is our responsibility to do it. 
Even if we command it to move, it is our responsibility to move it. There Jesus asked a question to her. First of all, he asked, where did you lay him? Then he said, take away the stone. And of course, his disciples were there. They were able to move the stone out of the way. And after that, Jesus called, he lifted up his eyes, and then he thanked the Father. Listen to this. He called out, uh, cried out with a loud voice, and said, Lazarus! And I like this version. It says, here, come outside. And the Bible says that he was bound hand and foot with sheets, and his face was bound with cloth. And then Jesus said, and he gave him another responsibility to the church. He said, untie him. Release him. It is not only calling out people from sin, from darkness, from the dark tombs of death, but it is also removing the stone so they can see the light. And it is not also removing the stone, but after they come out, it's untying them, delivering them, getting them out, all of that bondage, drug addiction, things that hold them back. And you just untying them with discipleship, with leading, with preaching, with teaching, and then bringing them to that place of resurrection power. Stand to your feet. So the answer to the question is, who will remove the stone for us? The stone is already removed. It's about you believing in the power to have it removed. You see, Jesus made an announcement days before, days earlier. And I always preach this, the triumphant entry of Jesus that Rifle preached about was the, also was a pathway made through praise to release the power. But as God begins to move the stone, Jesus comes out of the tomb. You see, the body of Christ right now needs to come to a place where we're not focused on the stone where we're focused on the resurrection. What can we do as the body of Christ to see things come forth? How can we call sinners into repentance? People who need Jesus. First of all, we can't give up on them. We can't just lay them down in the tomb. We can't give up on them. We can't just lay people down in the tomb and say, well, they're going to be who they're going to be. and We already preached to them 50,000 times. No. This is a time to call forth and bring people back to life. We have resurrection power. We have resurrection power. I'm believing God for real resurrections <laughs> happening. I know they've happened around the world, and I know we've heard testimonies, but I'm believing God for people in here to see real resurrections. You now, as God leads you in this time, in this season, 
become the resurrected body of Christ. Get a, get, 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 a, get a hold of it. Now the aroma and the, the perfumes that you're bringing is no longer to anoint his dead body. It's now here to anoint his feet. To anoint a living, breathing God. So this morning, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what, what it is that we can announce into your life. But you might say to yourself, I've been walking this road or I just started walking this road or I haven't started walking this road and, and there are stones in my way. Maybe that stone might be depression or maybe that stone might be something that happened to you and just this unforgiveness in your heart. Maybe there's just some things that are holding you back. Maybe there's sickness, just different things that can happen. And if you say, Pastor, that is me. I, 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 do, I do have the question, who will remove the stone for me? And I'm here to announce to you, God will remove it for you. One angelic visitation from God will remove every stone. We remove everything in your path. I want you to come up front this morning. If that's you and you need prayer in that area and you're saying, you know, this morning I want to go ahead and just not look at the stone. I want to move forward and go anoint the body of Christ, the risen body of Christ. I want to make the announcement to everyone that Jesus Christ is Lord. If that's you this morning, I want you to walk up here. I want you to walk up here. This is, this is, this is such an announcement this morning. Look at how beautiful this is. Such an announcement this morning. That Jesus Christ is Lord. You know, I, I, I don't know where you are in your walk. I don't know if you even know Jesus at this very point in time. But I'm here to introduce you to him. He's a resurrected king. He's an awesome God. He doesn't judge based on, 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 on anything that is on the outside. There's no aroma. <laughs> There's no stench in the world that will stop Jesus from walking into your grave, from walking into your place, from getting into your life. There's nothing that can stop him. God is not caught up on these things that we're so caught up on as man. This morning as we pray, we're going to pray with you, and I'm going to ask some of our prayer uh, ministers to come up and just lead each one of them in prayer, and whether you just ask them and just see where, where they are and what, what is it that they need, and I want us to just, just pray. We're going to pray with you as the resurrected body, and we're going to believe God for resurrection life in your life. We're going to believe God that the stone has been removed and that there's nothing blocking you from walking out into greatness into fullness, into your identity. Nothing blocking you. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord of God, for each and every person here this morning. We thank you, Lord of God, for this afternoon that you are blessing them, Lord. You're bringing forth, a oh God, a new way, and you're taking away the stone. The stone is being removed because your power and glory is here, Lord. Your power and glory is visiting that place in their lives. Lord, I thank you that every place in their life, Lord, where there has been a blocking away, a blocking away of the entrance, where they cannot see the light, where things just seem dark and desolate, 
Right now, Lord, I ask that you be the one to remove the stone. Let them see and hear the voice of Jesus that's saying, come forth. Come forth. Come forth into your greatness. Come forth into your fullness. Come forth into your identity. Come forth into who I called you to be. Come forth into everything that I've called you to do. Come forth. Come forth. Come forth. Come forth. Come forth into being who you're called to be. Come forth into doing what you're called to do. Come forth. Release those giftings. Release everything within you. Release it. Release it. Come forth in Jesus' name. 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 Thank you for the resurrection power. The resurrection power of Jesus. In Jesus' name. 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 There ain't no 